actually you're that treasure. And I left heaven, this place of perfect unity with the Father, a perfect place where there's no sin, no decay, no wickedness, no brokenness, no tears. Like you, you I left that and then I came to earth mm -hmm. filled with brokenness and sin and decay and sickness and all of these things because I loved you. Gerilyn. Welcome to Old Maid, a podcast about living a faithful single life in a very married church. Today you'll meet Vanessa Wallman. She's 32 and she coordinates the early years or young children's ministry at a large non-denominational church in Steinbach, Manitoba. Vanessa lives in a community living house owned by that church, so she lives with several other young single women. I really appreciated Vanessa's candor. She's not afraid to say that sometimes she isn't on speaking terms with Jesus but she has really wrestled through what it means to be content and to thrive as a single woman serving God. So the first question that I gave you was, what was your expectation of marriage or adult life when you were young? What did you think your life was going to be like? Yeah, so I definitely thought that I would be married by now, without a doubt. Um, I wanted to be married to. I had a little bit of a, a few years where I really wanted to be like an executive in a you know big skyscraper in downtown Toronto and and you know do administration or office management or something like that. I don't I don't really know what, but that was kind of the dream. And then I didn't want a family. I didn't want to get married. I didn't want to have kids. That lasted a few years, but for the most majority of my life, young on, I have always expected to have a family because that's what my family did. You. Hmm get married you have children and then you are a stay-at-home mom and that's kind of the expectation I guess that I had growing up that I would have as well so my ideal would have been to be married at like 24 or 25 start a family I had a few years to do my own thing and then now I could just kind of start start on life you know with family and so that's kind of always what I thought it would it would be like mm -hmm. yeah for sure um, did you grow up with a church background? Yes. Yeah, I was pretty much born in a pew. I, I'm, I'm sure a month after I was born, I was going to church. So, <laughs> yeah, my parents, my parents raised us going to church, and they loved God, and so I had a background of, of, of a relationship with Jesus, and and I think from a very young age too that I I did love God, and, and there's a desire in me to follow Him. So, I was very much involved within the church context. My in my life for sure can you tell me a little bit about what the journey was that led you to being single now yeah it's a bit of a long story um definitely like I said wanted to be married at a young age and grade 10 was the first time that I felt like I heard God um I was sitting in science class probably biology and I was worrying about who I wanted to marry and you know, you would throw these, I don't know if anyone else has done this, but you throw fleeces out. Like if this guy walks past me in the hallway, that means I'll marry him. Like <laughs> plenty of those in high school. And yeah. So I was constantly like, who am I going to be with? And I never had boyfriends in high school. Like I was just never one of those who dated really ever. So when I was in science class, I was worrying about who I was going to marry. And then I just heard this, like it was 
so very real and um, I, it was the most profound moment of my life since at that point um, and he, he just the voice said to me don't worry about tomorrow don't worry about it I'll take care of you mm-hmm. and Matthew 6 came to my mind immediately and that's about how you know if he closed the grass or he takes care of them how don't you know if you worry about anything it won't add a single day to your life that that passage of scripture and Mm -hmm. so I just knew that God was speaking to me about marriage and just to not worry about it so that was in grade 10 science class and so that was a long time ago and so since then I've had many cry fests with God about the desire for a spouse and the desire for a husband and and so I've had some flings in the past, but then to Texas, I had a relationship then that didn't turn out and I was crushed and heartbroken. And I had just based so much of my identity on being married and finding a spouse. So when it didn't work out, I was absolutely crushed. Mm-hmm. I was the one who ended it, but I was still crushed because it wasn't, this wasn't the final thing. And I was really wanting the final thing. And so, yeah. So when I moved back to Canada, eight months after um, I moved back, and I really encountered God in Can- in Texas, in Dallas, but when I came back, eight months after I came back, my mom was killed in a snowmobile accident, oh. and that just took the, you know, the wind out of us, and, and my dad also has a, a condition where he's not able to walk, and so my mom was his primary t- caretaker, and so now that role fell to us as kids, and as a oldest I felt the responsibility of taking care of my dad and grocery shopping and doing the gardening and doing the laundry and doing cleaning and my brother was also they were living at home but I just felt the weight of of that responsibility now that my mom had passed Mm -hmm. and so as you can imagine in that time I was doing all the wifely things wifely and all of the you know motherly things but this wasn't my family and this wasn't my this was my spouse and so my desire for marriage really really increased in that time because I just wanted it so badly for myself but here I was serving my family essentially and so that was a really really challenging season for me to know um what was God's plan in this and so many times I would just go into my room and close the door and just weep and wail and the loss was so hard Mm -hmm. um the loss of my independence and felt like freedom and some friendships and just not having time so when there was a couple times too where I had just like again just praying and crying out to Jesus about this storm that was raging in my heart and this war of wanting my own family but feeling the, the also conviction to serve my family and reading the word of God and one day just said I just the word just peace be still like when Jesus was in the boat and there's waves and, and I just felt this peace over me come over me and so that lasted a little while and then I my dad ended up getting married and moved out of the house and and again hoping for marriage wanting it so badly and feeling lonely and all of these things that you feel when you're single and you see everyone else around you getting married and this is the point in my life where people are starting to get married right so really having to deal with the jealousy and loss because well are they gonna ditch me now that (laughs) they're married and whatever all of those things that come along and just really trying to celebrate people's good time good good things in their lives but but also having a really hard time with it so I had to really wrestle through that and mourn through that and um and then the biggest breakthrough that I think I had in my life was in November 2018 and prior to that I had prayed many years for for 
a godly man to come in my life. And in June, July-ish, I met someone and it was awesome. He was awesome, you know, fantastic human being. And, but as we developed a friendship, we, we never started dating, but as we developed a friendship and we were both looking towards potentially being in a relationship together, um, I just got some severe anxiety and it was really, it, yeah, I just couldn't, for some reason, I just couldn't, I couldn't do it. I couldn't, I couldn't, I just couldn't. Mm-hmm. And, and so five months later, after building a friendship, we ended things and I was so heartbroken and I was so devastated because this was someone that I had prayed for for so long and he had all the characteristics that I would want to be with in someone. I couldn't do it. And, and I was like, God, why would you give me all of the things I prayed for only to rip him away yeah. like I just I just don't understand why couldn't you take away the anxiety why couldn't you take away some of the things that were happening inside of me and he didn't and I was really really angry with God um, I had a crisis of faith I just thought like surely God is a God who answers prayers not gives it to you and then rips it out of you you know yeah. so I was that was really devastating and then um, at the beginning of 2019 January I was finally ready to talk to God again after a little while and I just knew that I needed to encounter God's love because I knew that if I could connect to God and and know his love for me that he had a purpose in that season like there was a reason and if I just could if I could just understand his love for me then I knew I could trust him with why why he allowed that and so in the beginning of January, I had gone to a retreat center and was praying. Yeah, I don't know if I was fasting or not. But anyway, I was praying. And I was starting to mull over those questions in my head. Like, God, why am I worthy of love? Why do you even love me? Why do you care about me? And I was, as I was like pulling apart these questions in my mind and just like laying on the couch, fires going in the background and Bibles right here. And I'm just like, God, what is going on? Why did you do this? So all these questions are coming in my head. And so I'm meditating and I'm pondering these things. And then all of a sudden God um, brought to my mind a passage in Matthew. And it's the, the pearl of great price and how the merchant goes and looks for fine pearls or treasure. And then he goes and sells all that he has. And once he sells all that he has, he buys that that land or that pearl of great price Mm. and I've always viewed that picture or that that passage of scripture as and I think it's Matthew 13 44 to 46 somewhere around there but um I've also always viewed that passage as what like Jesus is worth it all right like we leave everything behind to be with him but he just totally twisted it on me and he was like actually you're that pearl actually you're that treasure And I left heaven, this place of perfect unity with the Father, a perfect place where there's no sin, no decay, no wickedness, no brokenness, no tears. Like you, you, I left that and then I came to earth Mm -hmm. filled with brokenness and sin and decay and sickness and all of these things because I loved you. And it just made, it just, my world just was totally rocked and transformed with that, with that from scripture because I knew that I just it went right to my heart like you love me because you left this place of perfection because you love people and because you wanted them to have a relationship with you mm-hmm. and so that was the beginning of this year and God has done a number of things and showed me why that he brought me into that really hard season but wanted for me to know his love but I can trust him with my future and with my life and so since that moment I since that time I've actually been 
so content in my singleness. I have loved being single. I have, I've trust Jesus with my future. Like he loves me, so he's going to do what's best for me. So whenever his timing is perfect, he'll bring someone into my life. But before then, I'm just going to live for him. So I don't know. I, I So that's been my journey of where I've come from. And I have really wanted to be married. <laughs> um, and I still do. Uh, but I, by the grace of God, I am actually really happy, a really happy single. And so I never knew that you could be a happy single, but I am. <laughs> so, yeah, so that's been, that's been my kind of my walk with that, with God and him carrying me through. And there's other times too, where he, the biggest thing for me was surrendering over and over my desire for marriage. There was a cup out in April, 2015, he asked me to give up my hope to ever get married. Mm-hmm. And so I just like, oh, that was a hard one. I bawled my eyes out and didn't talk to him for three days, which is not normal for me. Again, I felt betrayed by God because I had surrendered everything I had to him, but yet he was asking me to give up the very thing that I wanted the most. And so Mm -hmm. that really broke me. But I I surrendered. In the end, I surrendered. And I knew that surrender was the best thing for me because if anytime you hold on to something that you want so badly, I don't think there's any joy in that because you're holding on to something um, that God wants and what God wants is always good. So, and then there was another time when I was in prayer where God showed me a picture of this beautiful wooden box and it was carved on the outside and inside he opened it up and it was actually my heart and it was desire and he opened this heart and and he's like can I have it and I was like no this is my heart this is what I this is me like you can't have it and he kept asking do you can I have your heart can I have your heart so he took it, and as he took it, the box in his hand, it was like you know, Lord of the Rings when the ring goes in the fire, and it like all the words light up. It was <laughs> <Yeah>. like <laughs> it was like that. So he took the box from my hand, and I could see like just this the light from his hands giving life to my heart, mm-hmm. and it was alive in his hands. And so it was such a powerful picture for me because it was like your heart, my heart is safer in God's hands than it is in mine. And so that was a really powerful revelation for me in the past. And so, yeah, it's been constant pictures and words from God. Just that like I've gone to Jesus through the whole thing and surrendered as best as I could. And with the, you know, with where I was at and, and as a result, I, I'm a happy single. <laughs> so it's good. You mentioned like giving, giving up the hope of marriage. Yeah. I have had thoughts like that before too. Mm-hmm. And I have come to a point where I'm able to say, this is what I want. But yeah. if you don't give it to me, that's fine. But when you say give up the hope of getting married, mm-hmm. my initial reaction is, I don't even know what that means. Yeah. yeah. What do you mean? I think that what that means is like, don't even hope for that in the future. Like, don't even hope for... It was like God saying, I want to become your life, your joy, your peace. Like, I want to mm-hmm. become the source of everything that you are. Like, just forget about even about even the, the idea of marriage for you. Like, just mm-hmm. lay it down. Be okay with being 40 and single. Be okay with 50 and single. So, it was the idea of complete... Like, completely letting go so that... And those were the words that God used for me and that I understood... I understood the choice of words that he gave because it was like, let go of any, des- of like, just let go of it. Like, mm-hmm. think that it's not even going to happen. Like, that was as strong, that was as very, as strong as it was. I hope that makes more sense. <laughs> like a total giving up. Yeah. A total, yeah. like, but then a couple months later, I, or a short time later, then I felt like I could pray for a husband again. So it was this, this six, eight months where God really wanted me 
to look to him for my source of life, my source of hope, my source of joy. Like, don't wait for a man to fulfill those things in you. Don't think that a man will fulfill those things to you for you. Yeah. One of the other questions I had asked was dealing with the emotional pain. I, I just feel like you already kind of touched on that. Yeah. But was there more that you had wanted to add to that? Yeah. I mean, other than... Like, there's tons of emotional pain in there. The loneliness was a big one because, like, thinking about being 80 and single. Like, what? <laughs> That's yeah. a hard thing to come... You know, and I'm, and I'm a long-term thinker, too, in some ways, some ways not. But in this particular case, sometimes I am. And, and so, you know, the loneliness and trying to celebrate with people who are getting married and some of those things. So, yeah, like, overall, it was it's been a very painful process. <laughs> yeah. It's been very emotional because I'm an emotion. I'm a feeler. I feel everything, and so when I feel sad about not being with someone, I feel sad about not being with someone. Yeah. Like you know, so I very much feel the weight of my feelings. But then, I think what I've been able to do is bring those feelings to Jesus, and so that's kind of how I've dealt with those feelings. Mm-hmm. Now, in terms of loneliness, you live in a house full of people. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But I'm sure like you could still be lonely to yeah, other people. Yeah. In the past and even yeah. now living with <laughs> yeah. a bunch of people, how do you like practically deal with loneliness? I think community is such a big part of that as a single person. Community with my family, community here at my home with the people that I'm with. But I think that like it you can be lonely in a house full of people if you don't Put yourself out there if you don't become vulnerable if you don't love the people that are around you and you know I'm, I'm really working on not being selfish with my time mm. and when you live with so much people so many people and you tend to be more introverted then it's easy to kind of recluse and go back into your room and so I've been really working on not doing that but I don't know I think in in the long term I think that community is going to be as a big part of loneliness and and just having rich relationships with people and there's seasons where people come and go and and I've mostly been fine with that in my life like I I, I'm able to I love the relationships and the friendships that I have but I know that people also move on and so so I've been able to kind of work with that but yeah like I know I've said community like five times but (laughs) I think that is a big one I think that's really important to have good people around you and who are married, who are not, who have kids, who do not. Like, you know, when I'm 80, I'm probably going to move and I'm not, if I'm not married, I'm probably going to be, or even 50, I'll probably be in a condo and like invite all the people over to my place and like open my home up, you know, like I want community to be a part of my life, no matter whether I'm young or whether I'm older. And um, (laughs) so I think that's going to be a really big piece to the whole thing so and when I lived on my own it was it was a little bit harder to have to not let the loneliness settle and feel feeling that more but then I had people over coming over to my home and I I really did try to go to Jesus with my loneliness because I know that married people can be lonely too Mm -hmm. and if you're looking for people to fill a like a god void no one's ever going to be able to fill that Mm -hmm. like that's that's only comes through Jesus and spending time in his word and being in prayer and being in fellowship and relationship with him. So I know that ultimately he's the one that feels that. Marriage kind of symbolizes the depth of relationship and with, with a spouse, but single people you can you can show the breadth of God's love. Like you can have a lot you can have a lot of people in your life that you can pour into and have friendships with. I know like I think the community that we can live in is very family centric. Yeah. And I've sometimes thought that perhaps being single is mm-hmm one way to get that distraction out of the way not that like family 
family is super important. Yeah, but I've had yeah. other people complain to me that they're the people in their church are so family centric yes, yes. to the you know, to the neglect of everything totally. else. Yeah. So Yeah. And I think there is I think there's a huge focus in the church on married people because most it seems like most people are married and in our community in Steinbach there's a lot of people that are married that are young. And so it's a big it is a big focus and a big mission for sure. Um, but I do think that the church can get better at providing a place of community for singles too. So I think there's room to grow mm-hmm. in that area. One of the questions mm-hmm. I'd asked you was what your experience has been yeah. with church as a single yeah. person and how you found your place. Yeah. 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 I think serving, and I, like I said too, you know, I think that the, a lot of the analogies that are giving, given in sermons are given with married people and children. And so that's something that we can't really relate to. Um, so it'd be, you know, nice to use some single examples <laughs> in some of the sermon mm-hmm. illustrations. Like it doesn't matter. Um, I'm so easy to please. <laughs> like I'm probably, I'm so easy to please. And so, I might be the wrong person to ask that question to simply yeah. because I I do understand that there is very much a family focus, but I have also been able to find great community with friendships and where I serve in the church. And I guess I feel content. What opportunities has singleness given you? I have loved the time and have t- made the most of my time with being single in finding healing, um, emotional healing, spiritual healing. I've done a lot of we practice something called inner healing at our church and so I've done a lot of inner healing and I've spent a lot of my free time in the God's word and in prayer I have really focused on not finding my contentment in a man um, and so I feel like I've used my time well as a single person Mm-hmm. and I've served and I just love the fact that I can just get up and go and I can do it on my own like <laughs> I just love that I love that I could you know my job I'm here on weekends so it is harder to get up and go but you know I I could I could go to Phoenix tomorrow if, you know for the weekend if I wanted to you know like I just love I love that and so not not that I've done that but, but I would like to do more of that yeah and I think that that's something that a single person has the luxury of doing um, where you don't have a family. So yeah, I think that, I think, I do think that the biggest thing that I have gained from being single is I've not wasted it and I'm really trying to become the best me that I can. And I think that's going to God and asking him what he says about me, finding my identity in him and really loving God. I I don't feel, I don't feel regrets in that area. Mm-hmm. And so I like I like that I like that I've used the opportunity while there and um, living with a lot of people has been fun and I would never have been able to do this opportunity had I not been single yeah. so that's really cool I moved to Dallas Texas for two years to go to Bible school and so there's just I've I've just had more freedom I guess to do come kind of come and go as I've wanted and just to serve people yeah I would say that <laughs> what have been some of the challenges of being a single woman loneliness is always going to be probably at the top in the future I feel I feel good now like I'm like I'm not I don't feel lonely right now so but I do understand that these feelings come and go and mm-hmm. so I'm not my head isn't in the sand that this is going to be forever. I hope it is, and I hope I can maintain it as best as I can, but but that may be returning. The struggles have been seeing my friends get married, and but also, like, I, I think as you get older, you get a little more picky. <laughs> well, I do anyway. <laughs> 
where I just, I want to use, I want my life to be used to build a kingdom. Ephesians 5 talks about how godly marriage is supposed to point people to Jesus. And so I've always wanted marriage to point people to Jesus and like through hospitality and serving together. And so I've, I've been sad that I haven't been able to experience that mm-hmm. and to be, yeah, and to experience like a union that God orchestrated from the beginning of creating humans <laughs> um, that I'm missing out on that. Yeah, so there's some challenges to that and, and intimacy and like wanting that but may not have that. Some of those questions I know will come up again in the future and the desire for those will become strong again probably sometime in the future and and they have in the past. Right now I'm in just this sweet spot. I just don't know. It's amazing. <laughs> I don't want to take it for granted. Like, yeah. But yeah, I, I think that not being able to experience marriage and being with someone and, and having companionship and and having a life partner and best friend and to do like work together and serve together and whatever couples do together mm-hmm. <laughs> missing yeah. that right and yeah not having that so are there any more sort of practical challenges when i had a house it was really <laughs> not that every man knows how to do fixer <laughs> uppers but i call my brother a lot <laughs> so <laughs> um i don't have a house anymore i sold my house but um it would have been nice to have <laughs> so much help with that it's good to but, have brothers yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is good to have brothers <laughs> But you know, day to day, I don't really, I can't think of any day to day things that I'm, maybe there is and I just, my maybe my head is in the sand, I don't know, but I, I can't really think of any day to day things that I'm missing out on. So I, I, I have a, a nice life, I, you know, have a nice room and so far so good. Yeah. <laughs> if you could speak to other or maybe younger single mm-hmm. women. Mm-hmm. How would you encourage them or how would you advise them? Yeah. I would say don't waste your time waiting and waiting, sitting around. I feel like I did that for a few years. Like my life will start when I meet someone or you're always waiting for the next big thing to fill you or to get there. Like be in the present, be in the moment. And I feel like I'm living in the moment right now and I, it's really good. I'm excited and and anticipate the future but I'm not waiting for that next thing to fill me or to satisfy me so I think I think that's a big one I also think not wasting your time like use the time to grow in character and to listen to God and to obey his voice and to live your life by your values and your faith to be a strong woman to get healing if you need to go see a counselor get a counselor you know like I did that I'm I'm doing that and just because I want to, to be open with myself and and I'm going to be a whole person. And I've started going to the gym. And like, I mean, you can do all those things when you're married. I'm, but I just feel like I'm not waiting for a man to fill me. I'm doing those things now to become, like I said, I just want to become a person that I can for Jesus. So yeah, don't waste your life and serve God and love people. <laughs> and be careful what you watch. <laughs> Yes, be careful what you watch. I find that, oh man. Yeah, I find that I have become very sensitive to that in particular. So everyone else has different standards for sure. But I do think that sometimes what we watch plays a part in our loneliness and we look at something on the screen, we want it. We want it so badly. I actually had to cut out chick flicks out of my life completely. Sometimes I'll occasionally watch a Hallmark, you know, (laughs) movie. I'm sorry. as bad as they are you know just it's good <laughs> uh, so but they're usually far and 
far in between. So I, have to, I do have to be quite careful with romance movies because um, it just entices a desire in me that I am just not ready. And it's not worth an hour and a half to like, this contentment that I feel right now, it's not worth an hour and a half for that to be taken away from me. Not worth it. I spent way too much time getting to where I'm at now. So yeah, <laughs> so that's kind of, but again, everyone has kind of their own journey and their own ways of looking at that. And But I just think that sometimes Hollywood has not the best ways of yeah. looking at love <laughs> i was listening, listening to a i guess you call it a theology podcast mm-hmm. this morning and the person on this on there i don't even remember his name was talking about how people are just obsessed with with attraction yes and he was to a degree was like like why are we so hung up on attraction mm-hmm. like <laughs> why that's a really good question mm-hmm. that's always been something that i've and that's partially why i've try to eliminate chick flicks because mm-hmm. every guy in there is adorable and it just creates a standard <laughs> that we have but anyway it's very true anything else that you think is important to talk about yeah um you know the coolest thing that i think of if i don't ever get married is i actually will get married one day i'll get married to jesus with the rest of the church like there's the marriage supper of the lamb mm-hmm. where we are going to marry jesus is going to marry his bride. So I may not get married in this life, but I'm going to get married in the next one. And that's going to be the best wedding ever. (laughs) So, (laughs) so that's, yeah, I think that's a really cool perspective for me that I've been able to hold on to is that, and he's the ultimate husband really for his church. And so I know that no man will ever satisfy me. He'll never fill the void. He'll never... A man cannot fill a void in your soul. And so going to God and letting him fill the voids in our lives is the most important thing that we can do. And I think you can be a happy person being single. Old Maid is written and produced by Gerilyn Witchers. If you enjoy this podcast, please subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow Old Maid on Instagram and Facebook at Old Maid Pod. Until next week, toodles!